reason why this church exists. And if you want to know just sort of what we boil down to, like what's the touchdown line here? Like speaking of touchdown line, A&M beat Arkansas yesterday. We're not going to talk about that, whatever. This is our touchdown line. This is the, this is the reason. As a matter of fact, look around. This is who you are. This is, God. this is the fulfillment of God's promise in our life. Listen close. He said, I'll take you as my own people and I'll be your God. For three promises, he talked about what he would do for you. And then the last one, he says, then I'm going to put you together with other people and I'm going to do it for all of you. And I'll take you as my own people. And then you'll know that I'm the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So he said, there's only three things so far that you've talked about that we want you to do. We want you to know God. We said that was when God brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And, and listen, we want this church to be good for believers. I want you to grow up here. I want you to be discipled here. I want you to be pastored here. I want you to find you know, your place here. But primarily, we, we exist for people who have yet to know God. Our, our, our calling, our number one calling in the Great Commission is to introduce people who maybe do not have a life-giving, vibrant relationship with God. If you're here today, that's sort of where we start. And, and then we said, not only will I bring you out, but then I'll free you from being slaves to them. We want you to find freedom. We want you to know what it's like to really live in freedom every day of your life, sort of settling your yesterdays and beyond your past so that you can walk into your tomorrow. But it's not enough to just know who God is. It's not enough to just know God and have a relationship with Him. It's not even enough to settle your yesterdays. But once you've done that, you've got to decide what tomorrow is going to look like in your life. And so many people walk around aimlessly with no direction in their life. So I, I really, our calling is to help you discover your purpose. We're called to help you discover sort of what God's called you to do. We do that through what we call the growth track. And we really help you not tell you what you're called to do, but help you find out sort of that one thing that God has uniquely called you to do in your life. And there's a reason why all of these things exist. And it's the last thing I'm going to preach to you today. The reason why you got to start by knowing God. And then, and then once you know God, that you'll find freedom. And once you find freedom and settle, you know, settle your yesterdays and take off the mask inside of a group and, and really get real with somebody, then you just start discovering your purpose so that you can live a fulfilled life. Really, I, I want to start with a statement. If you're taking notes on the back of your worship guide, would you write this down? God's ultimate plan for your life. Listen close. If you're wondering, if you're just wanting like the general plan for your life, if you just want to, not, not the specific plan like who you're supposed to marry, which by the way, if he doesn't attend this church, it's not him. So just <laughs> it's the other guy that does attend here. But God's ultimate plan for your life is not who you're supposed to marry or where you're supposed to go to lunch or, or, or where you're supposed to move, which you're not supposed to move anywhere outside of San Antonio. But God's ultimate plan for your life is a life of fulfillment. Now listen close. What's so daunting about this is so many Christians never live this life. They live a life of lack and a life of confusion and a life of... And, and I have to be honest with you, this, this is not the Christianity I grew up with. I, I, I grew up, and I don't blame anybody but myself, I didn't discover sort of this idea until much later off in my 20s that, man, this wasn't fulfilling. Like, I was on my way to heaven, I just wasn't happy about it. You know what I'm trying to say, everybody? Like, I wasn't going to hell, but I was mad at everybody else. And, and, and it might as well, it was hell on earth in my head and in my heart. I wasn't living a fulfilled life. God's plan is not for you to just barely get by. It's not for you to just eke through your Christianity. It's not for your marriage to just get by. It's not for everything to just you know be mediocre in your life and just barely make it through your life. It's not for you to just you know sleep on somebody's futon for the rest of your life just trying to figure out. God's plan 
is for you to really find, listen close, not happiness, not temporary pleasure, but fulfillment. Really something in your life. God wants you to live your life to the full. Here's what John 10 and 10 said. It said the thief's purpose is to do three things. To steal everything God has planned for you. To kill every dream God has ever given you. And to destroy any progress you've ever made. But my purpose, Jesus is talking here, is to give you, everybody shout life. His purpose is to give you life in all of its fullness. Not a mediocre life. Not a get by life. The ultimate goal of these four promises is to get you to live your, listen close, unlived life. It's to help you find your unlived, it's to pursue that project you've been dreaming about. To, to start that diet and health routine, which by the way, I'm starting tomorrow. Amen, everybody? Starting tomorrow, after Bluebell. No more Bluebell until, and like, I promise you until Wednesday. I will not, I, I will live my life to the, it's to finish that degree. It's to, it's to learn to play that instrument. It's to finally address that addiction, that habit in your life. It's to commit to your local church and really get involved. It's to write that book. It's to write that song. It's to drink from all four cups of promise so that you can live your life to the fullest. That's God's plan in your life. This sort of sort of, it kind of awakened in my heart when, when I watched the movie. Now, I know that sounds you know, very secular and religious to you. And if it, you know, if it happened another way for you, like I know you thought I would be at a Billy Graham crusade and God would just talk to me right at the front, but that's not how it happened. It happened, but we watched in a movie called Bucket List. Anybody ever watch the Bucket List? You know what I'm talking about? And I'm, I'm not endorsing it or, or telling you it's good or bad. I'm just telling you, it really opened my eyes. The idea of the Bucket List is that, is that you have a list of things you want to do before you kick the bucket. Amen, everybody? And, and I started thinking about that list and, and weekly or at least... Every few weeks I start reviewing that, that bucket list. And it has three major categories in my life. My ministry pursuits. What my dreams are for my ministry and this ministry, this, this church and what God's called us to do. My relationship pursuits, things I want to do, places I want to go with Brandy. If I can ever get her back on an airplane, all the places I want to take her. And, and my family, I want to take my kids and, and, and the people that I love and my friends and what I want to see. And then just thrills, you know, just random things I want to do that, no, that, that you know, you don't have to understand or, or, that, or that nobody else has to fully understand, but just stuff I want to do. And, and I write these things down on this bucket list because, listen close, write this down. If you don't have a target, you'll hit it every time. If you don't have a target in your life, you'll hit it every single time. If you, like, there's some people whose their whole life has been pulling back the arrow, listen close, of their life, and then letting that arrow soar, and when it hits something, then you walk up to it and draw a bullseye around it and say, I meant to do that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is, what I, this is what I meant to do all my life. And you realize that's not what I meant to do all my life. I just didn't have a plan. I was just pulling back this bow, and, and, and the arrow was released, and I really didn't have a target. And so when you don't have a target, you hit it every single time. Every time you just wander aimlessly around going, I don't know what to do. I don't know where this is going. So for me, honestly, honestly, that bucket list sort of opened my eyes and said, man, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do to live your best life? Like, what are you going to do to live a fulfilled life? Like, are, are you going to just be comfortable with the paycheck that, that you get every week? Are you going to be comfortable with, you know, what you just sort of going through the motions and, and kids up and, and kids to bed and, 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 you know, Brandy and I just getting through week after week and living for the weekends? Or are you going to live a fulfilled life? Are you going to find the thing, listen close, in your life that really gives you fulfillment? That really answers that longing inside of your soul? Are, 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 most people really never get to this place. Honestly, I really believe this is, where, this is where depression, honestly, I think the spirit of depression is linked to lack of fulfillment. 
I really do. I think there are people under the sound of my voice today who, who go to bed depressed and wake up depressed. And it's not, it, it could be a chemical imbalance, but most likely it's a spiritual attack because you just don't have fulfillment in your life. You're not doing the thing God called you to do. You're not getting to that place. And even if people sort of discover their purpose and their calling, very few people actually learn how to sort of get up in the morning and live that calling out. There's a couple in this church who has. Take a look at this. Hey, we're Danielle and Brandon Scott. We have lived in Bernie about a little over two years now, and we found City Hills about a year and a half ago when it was just starting in Kendall Elementary. Um, I thought it was a great idea to kind of go and worship on Sundays at the same place that our kids were attending school Monday through Friday. When we came into the church doors, we kind of just felt like we were home for the first time. Um, Brandon and I just got married a little over a year and a half ago now. Um, yeah. Um, and I came into the marriage with three children, and he came in with a dog. With a dog, um, and so it is a second marriage for both of us. So we were struggling trying to find our place at the time, um, and it just really felt like home when we walked in the front doors. I was raised Presbyterian. I grew up in the Presbyterian Church. Before that, it was, it was Lutheran and Methodist, but uh, pretty much my formative years were Presbyterian and typical. Mainliner Church, uh, sang some hymns, listened to a story uh, about something that happened a long time ago, but it wasn't really presented in a relevant way, and that's how I grew up, and as I got older in my early 20s, never really felt a connection uh, to any one particular church, um, had you know several years um, just kind of drifting along, floating around in my faith. When Danielle found City Hills, from the moment we got there, it seemed to be a very comfortable place, and, and the message we got was, was very relevant, and it applied, it applied in day-to-day -day life. And one thing I found fascinating was it wasn't just about being saved, for the people that are already saved, it was where do we go from here? Once we've reached that milestone, it's a lot of places I feel don't touch on topics beyond that. And it's always a crisis situation or it's always a, a, a do or die situation. They preach about and they never preach about your day to day. You're, you're bettering yourself and, and that was one thing that I constantly was being fed that message that you know your day to day aspects of life are important and these are ways to apply them. And that was very very important to me. And, um, getting back involved in the church and I actually uh, wanted to make City Hills my home and I actually got baptized in April uh, right here in Bernie. That was my way of recommitting not only to Christ but also to the church. So when we got into City Hills and Brandon decided to get involved and really kind of renewed his faith, I knew that that's where I needed to take my life and I needed to find my purpose again. Um, so my initial step was starting to volunteer around Bernie and around the area just trying to fill those voids kind of that I felt that my service wasn't there um, and then one of the biggest things that we've got to be a part of here at City Hills is when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston um, and just the East Texas area I was given the opportunity to kind of head up that team and that group um, of donations here um, and the groups to go that weekend and then weekends to come up um, where we have some more trips to go down just to serve and to love on others. 
Brandon just said he got baptized in Bernie. I baptized him in an ice-cold river. That's what I did. <laughs> it was a cold river. He just said Bernie. He forgot to talk about that ice-cold river part. They just found their purpose. Just found what they're called to do. And there's a reason why I think so many people don't, don't do that. Let me give you a couple of reasons. Here's the first one. I think that some people let their past cripple us. We just feel like, we just feel like man, there's just, and I've said this several times in this series, you know, that you, you got to settle your yesterdays. Like, you, you got to get beyond what it is. And so many people disqualify themselves. Here's what Psalms 38 says. David says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And there's some people in this room, this is how you feel. And I'm bowed down. And more, more often than not, I meet people who come to church brought low. Just their head hanging down. Their past has just has crippled them and, and, and never really getting past that. Listen, and if you can't settle your past, you'll never find your tomorrow. You need to do that. And we said that uh, in week two. We said you got to do that inside of a group. you got to get around other people, who, other believers who will encourage you that, that you go to God for forgiveness, but you go to God's people for healing. And, and our, our Summer Connect groups just launched, and I think you need to get in a group today, like today. I think you need to find somewhere and somebody to be in a group with. The second reason why I think people don't do that is they let culture define who they are. We let our past cripple us, and then we let culture sort of define who we are. This is a, this is a third promise uh, a problem. You know, last week we talked about what it means to sort of find, you know, redemption and really who God says we are, not who culture says we are. I read a statistic the other day that 87% of Christians never find their redemptive calling, like what they're called to do. They never discover God's plan and God's design in their life, God's purpose. And so we let substitutes and counterfeits and, and we, let, we let Satan's plan sort of define who we are. If you're not careful, culture will define it. It'll tell you, listen, if you don't tell it who you're going to be, it'll tell you who to be. It'll decide for you. And, and the enemy of your soul wants to rename you and call you something, call you by your mistake, call you by you know, where you come from or what side of the tracks you're on or, or, or how much money you have. Or, and it defines who you are. And so a lot of people think, man, I just can't do it. But listen, you're more than what you think you are. You are what God says you are. Say amen to that, everybody. Galatians says, listen, I could live my life trying to win the approval of men or of God, but I can't do both. Am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not. You cannot be a servant to Christ and live your life trying to find what do you think about me? What do you think about me? You can't do that to culture and you can't let other religions and other religious people do that to you because they'll do the same thing to you. You got to go to God and go, okay, God, what do you think about me? What have you created me to do? What's the one thing? What's the redemptive purpose? We called it last week that you've called me to do to do that here at City Hills, I, I'm, I'm going to ask, get on, the growth, get on the growth track. Like next week, the first week of every single month, we start growth tracks. It's two weekends that happens right after the second service. It's about an hour long, and we feed you. We take care of your kids, and we want to help you discover your purpose. We want, we, want to, we want you to sort of look at the end in that aha moment that happened this last growth track. Where, Matter of fact, let me tell you this. In the last year, we've had over 140 people graduate growth track, everybody. Come on, that's... That's an amazing statistic. Absolutely amazing people that took their next step and just said, God, what do you say about me? And that aha moment goes off. And I love that part of growth track. I absolutely it's in step two where you get a personality assessment, spiritual gift assessment. You really, and you look at the end and you go, oh my gosh. Like God really did. This is all of my life. I knew this. I just didn't know how to say this is what God's called me to do with my life. And so instead of letting culture define us, you need to let God define you. And the third reason why I think people just don't do it is, frankly, they try to do it all by themselves. They just try to do it all alone. And God's plan for you 
cannot be fulfilled, look in my eyes, without other people. God's plan for you cannot be fulfilled. You say, Pastor, that doesn't make any sense. God can do it. I, I totally agree with you. Let me just tell you how God's always worked since creation of time. God had a personal relationship with Adam. Do you agree with that? Shake your head this direction. The Bible says that God and Adam walked together in the cool of the evening. They had a dinner date every night at Golden Corral. Come on, somebody. Every single night. And at some point in this relationship, Adam did not go to God and ask for, uh, ask for somebody else. God went to Adam. God, the Bible says God spoke to himself and said, it's not good for him to be alone. I thought he wasn't alone. I thought God was with him. Yeah, but God goes, this still isn't, you still needed somebody else. I can't do everything I want to do with you unless I put somebody with you. I need you to be inside of a group. I need you to be on, on a team. I, I need you to be, you can't ever come to fulfillment alone. God never intended for you to be an island. That's why I always get, I always get tickled at people who say, well, I'm a Christian, but I just don't go to church anywhere. You know, I, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Well, listen close. This is not a perfect one, but honestly, we got room for more imperfect people like you. Amen, everybody. Like, you, there's still room for you. You still need somebody to be here. True fulfillment can only be attained in a group. That's why the Bible describes the church in group terms. It talks about the family of God and the fellowship of believers and the body of Christ and the flock of God. It never says that one person. It talks about all of us together. It talks about what we all do together. Ecclesiastes says there was a man all alone and he had neither a son or a brother. He was just all by himself. There was no end to his toil. Listen close. And his eyes were never. This word is also the, uh, another translation calls it fulfillment. It's never content. You're like, you'll never find full contentment and fulfillment until you find it with other people. Until you get inside of a church family. Until you start making a difference with somebody. You get on a team with somebody. And so let, let, let me take you through this really quickly and then, and then we're going to celebrate. I promise you, you do not want to leave early today. We're going to celebrate big time. I promise you on that. But Exodus 6 and 7, it says that I'll take you as my own people and I'll be your God. This is what the ancient Jews called the cup of praise. It's the fourth cup of wine on the table. It's, the Jewish people call this the cup of Hallel. And Hallel means to celebrate. And, and obviously it's celebration because you've had four cups of wine. Come on, somebody. It's the cup of celebration. It's the cup of praise. Hallel means more than just celebrate and hallelujah. Listen close. Hallel means the condition of your soul. It means when I finally get to this fourth cup, now I'm living my life to the full. It's not something I say with my mouth. It's something on the inside of me that I know that I know that I know that I'm living a fulfilled life. That I can give God praise with my life. That, 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 I can, that my whole life really does count for something. Listen close. That it really does make a difference. So what brings you fulfillment? How do you do that? It's very interesting. Listen, I'm almost done. It's, it's interesting that when God gets to His final promise for your life, He said, I'll take you out. I'll free, I'll free you from being slaves of them. I'll redeem you. And then the last promise He had, listen close. He did not talk to you individually. He talked to you. As a group. And he said I'll take you as my own people. Would you write this sentence down? He never promised to make you a fulfilled person. He promised to make you a fulfilled people. God never promised to make you a fulfilled person. He did not say I will fulfill you. The way he said I will bring you out. I will free you from being slaves. And I will redeem you. He said I'll make you a people. And when you get with people. That's when you find fulfillment. 
when you finally get around to other people, listen, ultimate fulfillment comes when you're part of the family and on the team. Then God says, I'll be your God. Real joy, listen close, real joy does not come from a lot of money. It doesn't come from you climbing the corporate ladder. It doesn't come from you having pleasure. Real joy does not come from stuff and things. And there are people in this room who have lived your whole life looking for more stuff and more things. Real joy comes from knowing, listen close, it comes from knowing that my life is being productive. That I'm making a difference for eternity. Ultimately, that fourth promise of God is about living beyond yourself. It's only possible, listen close, it's only possible because this extraordinary God says, when you get with other people and all of you decide together that we're going to make a difference in this city, that San Antonio and the Hill Country are never going to be the same because of what happens here, because we're going to give our lives for somebody else, for the people who aren't here yet. That's when God goes, okay, now you're going to find the real fulfillment you've been looking for your whole life all on your own. Now you're going to find that joy that you couldn't find anywhere else. Now you're going to find that real contentment, that real thing that wells up in your life. Would you write this last thing down? The ultimate fulfillment comes when you're part of a family. And here's the last promise. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. I want you to discover your purpose. But ultimately, the touchdown line at City Hills is that you're making a difference. Because God is on your side. There's a family here that says that better than I could ever. Take a look at the screen. So we came to Texas two years ago. And it was actually July of 2015. And we moved from Southern California. We're from LA. And we were just looking for everything that Texas had to offer. Um, like I didn't grow up in church. He grew up in, in like Roman Catholic upbringing. We were the CEO family that Mitch always talks about, that church and Easter only kind of <laughs> church people. And so um, we came here, we found, uh, an, we had an Anglican background together. That's what we had found in our marriage. And um, it just wasn't a good fit. And so we kept looking, kept looking. And then one day <laughs> I saw that Karina, my friend, had liked um, City Hills on Facebook. And I knew that her and Oscar didn't belong to a church. So I was like, what is Karina like in that church for? What is that? And I clicked on that and they were doing the information meetings at the library. And I was like, okay, what is this? And so I asked her about it and she had told me she met Taylor at like a mom's group. And then Taylor connected her on Facebook. And so then, you know, it went from there. So I told him like, hey, I'm going to go check this thing out. I have no idea what this church is, but like if Karina is like knows the girl or whatever, like check it out. So I went and I really, really, really liked Pastor Mitch. And I really was kind of freaked out because I there was nothing to look at. There was nothing to research. It was like, who are these people? Like, am I joining a cult? Like, literally, that's like <laughs> what went through my mind. I remember asking my mom, how do I know I'm not joining a cult? Because I just didn't know. I didn't like grow up in church and know like what's normal, what's not normal. So anyways, I had told him like, hey, I really like the pastor. Like he just seemed really transparent and that's what I liked. I didn't feel like he was trying to present anything. I felt like he was genuinely who he is. And that's why I was like, you would like him. Like, let's go back and check it out. I remember I asked Brandy like, oh, how can um, I help you? I think it was like equipment or something because the church was new. I'm like, well, what, like, can we like find stuff like to donate from other churches or what? And Brandy was like, well, as soon as you mark that box on the card, then yeah you know the one that said like join the team and then i was like okay <laughs> like mark the box near my card so when we found city hills after you know became part of the lead team and then we decided to lead the connect group for the financial peace university 
I think we helped people. <laughs> I hope we did. I it was good did. for us too because we needed a refresher. Anybody who's yeah. done financial peace, it's easy to get off track. So it was good for us to just kind of refocus, you know, with our finances. But it was great. And we made some great friends out of that group. Honestly, really good yeah. friends that, that weren't even members of the church that came because they were just offering the class. So it was really cool. So when we moved out to Texas, we obviously had the, the fear of leaving something that we've known for 36 years of our life. For a long time, thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had always prayed and said, you know, God opens and guide, open the doors and guide us and everything. And we never owned a home in California. Uh, and we got here, and two years later, we have our first home, which we got blessed by. And we feel like that's what God brought us to Texas for that reason, and then also to just to change our family's life and change the way we did we did things in California and and just go out of that. Um, so spiritually, I grew 150 times over being here, especially surrounding myself around these new people that I've, type of people that I've never been around, you know? Um, so that's what helped me grow a little bit faster in faith and spiritually, and it brought me to the decision to get baptized, you know? I was baptized when I was a little kid as a Roman Catholic. Um, I didn't decide on that, but that was tradition. And when I made the decision to do it, it was a surprise for her. <laughs> I was shocked. I and was like, that's It was a surprise awesome. for a lot of my family members in California. Um, the people that know me on a daily basis were like, what is going on with you? you know? And it's just, God started moving inside of me and, and the people around me actually helped me go through that. So that's kind of what brought me to that. And it was one of the, most um, touching days in my life like it's almost like in the same as having my kids like when my kids were born like it was really really important to me and so that's my invitation to you that you can live that kind of fulfilled life too that ultimately God's plan for your life and the reason we started this whole church and from now until Jesus returns for his glorious church, I want you to know God. Listen to me. I don't want you to know about God. I don't want a church full of theologians. I want a church full of people who are madly in love with Jesus Christ. You don't have to get all your doctrine correct. Really, the heart of the matter has always been a matter of the heart. I want you to know God. And after you do that, I want you to find real freedom. Like, I want you to get that slave mentality out of your heart. Habits and bitterness and anger and stuff you grew up with. Stuff you've never told anybody else that you've just never settled. I want you to settle your yesterdays. You can go to God for forgiveness, but you got to go to God's people for healing find real freedom once you do that you take the mask off I want you to discover your purpose I, I don't want you to just wander aimlessly through life thinking what am I supposed to do next I guess it's just day in and day out just making money and living and raising kids And no 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 life's bigger than that you're called to more than that your past doesn't disqualify you your mistakes don't, don't, don't make you 
not good enough. Matter of fact, I think they probably qualify you more. But God likes to use people like us who are broken because we know if we ever do anything important in this world, it wasn't anything we could have done on our own. So discover what you're called to do. And when you do, I think you'll make a difference. My prayer over this last year has been that we start a church that makes a difference. Not a church that makes a splash. Not a church that makes the news. Not even a church that makes you happy, even though I hope you are. I want to be a church that makes a difference. I want to equip you to make a difference in your life. I want this church to make a difference in your life. You say, well, how how do we do that today? Well, I'm glad that you asked. So Jose kind of gave you an illustration about what happened in his life. I think it should happen in your life. And in just a moment, there are going to be some people in this service who need to be baptized who need to finally sort of take their next step. You say, well, how do I start this road like knowing God and finding freedom, discovering purpose and making a difference? Listen, it just starts with the next step. Listen, Look at my eyes. Listen to me. This will never be a church that is concerned with your perfection, ever. But I'm ultimately concerned with your direction. I just want you walking the right way. You don't have to walk at the same pace I do. I just want you to take a next step. Now listen to me. There's some of you who need to take a next step today. Today. This needs to be your day. You don't have to have all the answers or have it all together. You just got to start walking in the right direction. You just got to start saying yes where you've said no before. You just got to start saying, okay, God, if you're talking to me, my answer is yes. Like, it doesn't matter what you ask. My answer is yes, and I'll just take a next step. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you three reasons in the next three minutes why you need to be baptized Today, everybody shout today. Today is the day you need to say yes. And you need to take a next step today. Here's the first reason. Hold up one finger. Everybody say number one. Come on, you got to get more happy than that. Everybody say number one. The first reason you need to be baptized today is you get a brand new identity. You get a new identity, everybody. Galatians 3 says this, that as many of us have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. You know when you start school, how many of you get new school clothes? Come on, everybody. You be looking fresh. Mama used to get me a new pair of shoes. That first day, shoes is my game. And Like for a couple of years, I had to wear bobos because we didn't have have no money. Y'all don't know nothing about that. You look right. You look fresh. I come in, I'm six foot two in the third grade. I'm coming in doing what I do. Because I, I got new clothes on. I got a new identity. Last year, y'all knew them old tennis shoes. Not this year. Not today. I got a new identity. Listen close. There's some of you who've walked through your whole life wearing the clothes of your past. Your mistakes. What happened to you? And you've carried those on. You literally wear them like clothes. I, I, I am molestation. No, 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 no. No, you're not. But you've worn it all your life. I am depression. I, I'm the product of divorce. I'm the product of, a, uh, of illegitimacy. And, and, and you've wore that identity. I'm an alcoholic. I, I'm, a, I'm an addict. That's just what I am. I'm, I'm a divorcee. I'm a widow. I'm a widower. And you've wore that. And today, listen close, you need a new identity. 
The Bible says when you get baptized, you put on Christ like putting on new clothes. You get a new identity. Now when you walk into a room, nobody sees your past. Nobody will call you by who you are, who you used to be, or what you used to be. Now when they look at you, they say, man, something's different about you. Yeah, 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 I'm wearing something new. What do you think about my new clothes? When I put on Jesus, I put on His righteousness. I put on His holiness. I put on His acceptance, everybody. Now God, when He sees me, He doesn't see what I've done. Now He sees Jesus on me. I like to say it this way. It's putting on your Jesus. It's signing day at City Hills. You put on your Jesus jersey and you change clothes. Everybody say number two. The first reason you need to get baptized today is you get a new identity. The second reason is you get a brand new life. Romans 6 and 4 says that you're buried with Him in baptism. And then when you raise up out of that water, you are raised to walk in new life. Some of us need a new life. You look around at your life and you think, man, if this is all there is, like I, I'm living what he's talking about. It just I'm going through the motions. Everything seems to be falling apart. I don't know that I've ever really lived a best life, a fulfilled life, a happy life, a joyous life, full of peace. I need a new life. I need something new. I don't need a fixed life. I need a new life. Look at me. When you get baptized, Jesus does not make bad people good. He makes dead people good alive he does not just tweak you a little bit and clean you up no 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 he said I'm going to bury that old you you don't ever have to remember him again and when you raise up out of the water you're brand new now take somebody by the hand because you're about to stand up and walk to the front you don't even know it yet and the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you everybody stand everybody stand somebody's holding your hand nobody moving but our team Give me one more minute, and then I'm going to let you go. Look at my eyes, and nobody moving. This is a holy moment. I mean that. This is super holy. Now listen, if you're in the top, if you're in the bottom, I want you to do the best you can to focus on me. The third reason why you need to do it right now is there's just no excuses. We literally have everything you need. We have t-shirts for you that are dark. We have dark shorts that are real long. We, we, we've got, we got hair nets. If you just got your hair did, we got hair nets. Come on, somebody. We got gel and mousse and anything else you'll ever want. We got flip-flops. I'm talking about good flip-flops, not like you get at a manicure. I'm talking about real, I'm talking about good ones you're going to wear again. We have a little bag that you put all of your belongings in, private changing. You can change and put all of your stuff in there and it never leaves you. We've got photographers. People will be videoing and taking you say, man, nobody's here. Nobody's going to see me take pictures. It's okay. We'll, we'll take pictures. We'll, I'll print them off for you. I'll send them to the rest of your family. Listen. I just want you to say yes. I want to take away every objection you've got. Listen, there's just no excuse for you not to do it today. Not to do it today. Not to do it today. You need a new identity. You need a brand new identity. You need to be known it's not what you did, but it's who God says you are. He says you're forgiven. He says you're chosen. He says you're righteous. He says you've got purpose and potential in your life. You need a brand new life. You, you don't just need to go back and try to tweak what you've had going. It never worked in the, before and it's not going to work again. You need something new. You need something brand new. Today in baptism, we can bury that old you literally the old you is passed over. The Bible says all things are becoming new. All things. All things are brand new. Everything else doesn't change in your life, but you change. 
You walk back into your life brand new. And there's just no excuses. So here's what we're going to do. Listen close. Nothing weird. Nobody's going to do anything strange. But I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to talk to your heart. And all I'm asking you to do is if you feel just the slightest inclination that He's talking to you, I want you to say yes. You say, well, I was baptized as a kid. That's okay. You can get rebaptized. In the Bible, the disciples of John the Baptist were rebaptized. That's not, that's not uncommon. You say, I, was, I don't remember. I was an infant. I, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe you were baptized as an adult, but you've walked away from faith, and you need to do like I did in my 20s. You need to come back to God and say, okay, God, I don't know what, like, in between that time. But I, I need a new life. I need a new identity today. Or maybe you've just never been baptized at all. You need to take a next step. I'm talking to you.